1: You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017
2: and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I'm Derek Johnson. Along with me is Nick Springer. Yo, and on today's edition of the show, we are brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. We've got our corner position preview. We also have uh, some KU football audio. Henry Greenstein of the Lawrence Journal World, KUSports.com will join us later this hour. Three RCST trivia football matchups today, including a top five showdown and Florida man Mad Libs coming up in the five o'clock hour. Uh, but let's start right here with the corner preview. Corner, not quarter, cornerback. Wait, quarterback? Corner. we're going to talk about the,
3: the quarterback? We are
2: not going to talk quarterback. We're not going to talk about quarterbacks? We are not. By the way, I was thinking about this. Yeah. What? It's so nice and refreshing from a standpoint of not having to come in here, you know, at least probably 2 to 3 times a week and be like, "Well, who's going to be the starting quarterback? This is what I'm hearing today. This guy practiced well. Oh, this yeah. guy practiced." It's no, just it's like, off. "No, it's it's Jalen Daniels, and if there was an injury or something, it's Jason Bean." I, "Who? It, it, it's so nice to just like not have to worry about that." What? Yeah. Well, with corner um It's pretty clear who the starters are Kobe Bryant and Melo Dotson. Those are your two starters. Both of them are juniors. Hypothetically, both could be back for 2024, but that's a future year problem. Uh, Kobe was obviously first team all Big 12 this past year. I forget who we were talking to. I I think, I don't know, Kevin Flaherty maybe. Uh, Maybe it was John Kirby uh, talking about how there were NFL scouts uh, watching some of the team's workouts, spring ball, summer, whatever it was. And uh, they weren't just impressed with Kobe Bryant. They were really impressed with Melo Dotson too. Yeah. Yeah. So that speaks highly of him. He obviously has been a you know, multiple-year player for the team. I think he actually played more as a freshman than than Kobe did. Uh, But Kobe obviously took off last year. And then if if you're going to add as a starting spot, which it basically is with as much as you're on the field, even if you don't start the actual game, you're playing a lot. If you're starting like Nickelback, if you're the third corner, yeah. I would assume right now. I do think there is a push from Demarius McGee, the transfer from LSU, but I'm still assuming it's going to be Kalen Gervin. Yeah, and I think uh, Jordan Peterson met with the media this past weekend, and he was talking about how he trusts Kalen Gervin so much. He knows the offense. I think he even mentioned him as being one of those players that you'd want to date your daughter, like something like that. <laughs> which that obviously speaks very highly of Kalen Gervin and you know him probably being that guy right as a Richard senior.
3: Yeah, the date your daughter thing is always, uh, <laughs> that's always an interesting one. I don't even know what to, th- I don't even know how to respond okay. to that. But yeah, no, you got Kobe Bryant, who is an all Big 12 caliber, first team caliber player. Melo Dotson, who has a ton of size and versatility on the outside, plus Kalen Gervin, who showed to be uh, another versatile guy that you could play at the nickel spot. And you're right. When you're running, especially in the Big Twelve, when you think of all the teams that like to pass the ball, you're going to be throwing out five, six, seven DBs a lot of the times. So it's it's not
2: as much as like in the Big Twelve in the late 2000s, but there still are a lot of Oklahoma likes to run and gun. Texas Tech likes to run and gun. I mean, Texas is balanced, but they're still going to throw a lot. Yeah, Oklahoma State, right?
3: State TCU. Uh, You know, even a team like Baylor will Mm -hmm. generally run out more receivers. So yeah, I mean, you still need that depth. It's not just you, you want to make sure you have more than just two guys at corner that you can rely on.
2: Yes, and you feel pretty good about that. And then even on the two deep, I, I feel good about both these guys too. Uh, Demarius McGee, he is a redshirt sophomore. He's the former top, uh, I forget exactly where a top three hundred recruit, something like that in the country from uh, who went to LSU. Yep, spent his first two years there, including a redshirt year. Now he comes over as a redshirt sophomore. Uh, might be tough for him to get past those three guys as returners, but I think the talent is there, and, and oh, if it for all sure. breaks right, obviously he's someone that you expect to be a long term player. Uh, Either way, even if you are corner number four in theory, you're still going to get on the field at at different times over the course of the year. And he's someone I I certainly circle as being like, you know, come 2024, come 2025, look out for him to be a very impactful starter even if there isn't a ton of playing time necessarily this year. Brian Dilworth, he uh, was, I think he was KU's highest rated recruit in the class of, what would that have been, 2021, right? Came in last year, red-shirted, and now he's a red-shirt freshman there were a lot of good things said by other staff, by you know players, about what he has done. Uh, I forget if he goes by Brian or, or BJ. I don't know if it's like a Lawrence and an LJ situation. Uh, nonetheless, so he's someone who's very talented. And again, I, I don't know how much he'll crack into the rotation or, or the top end of playing time right away. I think we'll probably see him on the field some this year. But he's definitely someone I'm also circling as being like, yeah, in the future, you could be a really yeah. impactful player here.
3: The guy that I'm circling in the future as being an impactful player is Jameel Croft. Mm -hmm. And that's interesting. He's been getting a lot of run as being somebody who has come in and athletically is built and ready to play at this level already as as a freshman. And on top of that, I think what you're going to get into is we're not really sure what exactly position he's playing though. Yes, because he came in recruiting wise as a safety. But like it sounds like he's maybe a corner, but right.
2: we're not really sure. So is that just they're trying to develop more of his skills right away, and and maybe this year the path to him getting on the field is more of like a a dime or nickel yeah. corner yeah. because they have all those safeties back that we'll get to that position preview later this week, or is it because they actually do view him as being you know long term a corner because yeah, I don't when know. I think about I the corner position for KU long term this might be the most covered position. Uh, no pun intended, for KU because... <laughs> They've got a lot of depth coming in. Right. Think about it. You have Kobe, Dotson, and Gervin. Those are all returning starters basically this year. You could have Kobe and Mello back next year. Uh, then you have Demarius McGee and Dilworth as backups could both be back next year and the year after. You have three or four corner commits in the class of 2024, all of which are thought of very highly in the class. Yep. Uh, you also have Jake- Jacoby Davis, who is one of your higher-rated freshmen. He's in the class. Um, Quentin Lasseter is a senior, and then you have uh, Noah Barber and Jack Schneider. I believe both those freshmen are, are walk-ons, but uh, point being, this position you feel really good at, yeah. I'm almost surprised he's not coming in as a safety from the standpoint of, even though you have those starting safeties there, it's like, well, Kenny's going to be gone at the end of the year. Marvin Grant's going to be gone at the end of the year. Uh, O.J. Burroughs only has this year and one more, possibly, uh, at the end of the season, but maybe he has a corner. Maybe they just like the skill set better at that position.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious about that. Either way, everyone that's talked about him has only had very very positive things to say and it sounds like he to me in the next couple two to three years is going to be somebody who is a starter whether that be as a corner or maybe as more of like a deep safety type whatever his role may be uh, I think he's going to play it prominently in yeah. the future the other thing I wanted to bring up about this is and this is something that you probably that, that you haven't had to worry about it in recent history and I, I don't remember if we touched on it with the quarterbacks with Jalen Daniels or not but the idea that you have players now that if they have a good enough season this year, they may go and declare to the draft. Mm-hmm. And that's a rare problem that KU has not had to deal with really at all. I mean, you go back like, what, Dorrance Armstrong uh, There were a lot declared. of
2: receivers who weirdly did it. Like, I remember, uh, gosh, was did it Stephen Nigel Sims King? Declare? No, Steven Simpson I remember Nigel King who had like a good season, but it wasn't, I don't know, 500, 600 receiving yards. Um, like he declared, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, it's gen- but normally, it's not something no. you have to think about. It's if you're KU. And like, it, Phelps, is it that
3: crazy if Kobe Bryant rips off six, seven mm-hmm. interceptions this season and is a first team all big 12 corner again, that he might say, you know what? I'm going to go see what's see, test the test of waters. No, not one bit. I mean, at that
2: point, if you're two time all big 12, first team corner, like, that's probably in the back of your mind that, like, hey, I am NFL ready. I was just first team on conference in a Power Five conference back to back years, right? Yeah. So yeah. it is very possible. And yeah, you're right. I mean, you can never have enough corners with the way you mix and match them and can put. A bunch of them on the field you know you could put four or five of them on the field in a given formation depending on the down and distance so yeah maybe Croft is more of a corner uh like I said maybe it's more of a short-term thing to get him on the field this year and then maybe he moves to safety who knows either way you do like the talent there as you said there's been a lot of positive talk about him and that was the case last year like you know talking to Kevin Flaherty from 24-7 Sports he was someone who really just skyrocketed up the ranks that he was thought of as a good recruit coming into his senior year of high school but he just blew up and he became like a great recruit that a lot of these power fives were in on and KU felt great about getting him that you looked at his final ranking and it was like I don't know I think he's even better than that with the type of season that he had if he can continue to back up that type of year he had so uh yeah man I I feel great about this corner position overall so uh biggest story questions about this position overall just how good is this unit because very clearly to me, this is the strength of the defense, positionally. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably argue safety with as much back. I think I would argue corner a little bit over safety, not to say that I don't trust the safeties. I just go another level. For me, the difference is, like with Kobe Bryant, I see that superstar potential, and it's not that I, I don't know, I I have a hard time seeing which of the safeties would be like, like with Kobe Bryant, to your point, if he has six or seven interceptions this year, he could be All-American. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know that that's going to happen with any of the safeties. I guess it's not that unthinkable with Kenny Logan, but I don't know. I, I just, I'm very high on Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Um, but how good can this unit be? Because at the end of the day, even with a pretty good DB unit a season ago, KU was eighth in the Big 12 of the 10 teams in passing yards allowed per play. So that is just based on a efficiency metric. Albeit, it uh, doesn't help when. If you're not getting Lonnie Phelps' pass rush, there wasn't a consistent pass rush, and albeit, you know, if you're in third and four or third and five or third and three, it's going to be harder for Brian Borland and the defense to sub in a package that is going to be, or call a play, that is going to be more beneficial to stopping a pass because you do have to, it's third and four, be like, oh, they could still run the ball. Um, So those things do hold you back that I assume they're better than being just eighth, but still, That does show you that it still wasn't a perfect unit a season ago, right? There still is a long way for them to go, and it's still a big jump that they can have. So just how good can this unit be? Is it just that it's the best unit on the Kansas defense, or do you think this can be one of the best defensive back units or corner units in the entire conference?
3: Yeah, that is really the question, right? Because if you are the best unit on a bad defense— Good job! Yeah, <laughs> like sweet, awesome. It's like uh, I remember the
2: Orlando Magic. Some of the years they were really bad. It was like Aaron Aflalo would average like eighteen a game, or Evan Fournier would average like twenty a game. And it's like, are you are you an all star? Are you averaging twenty a
3: game, or are you just putting up points because you're on a bad team? Yeah. So that's really going to be the question. Is and and you know at at the end of the day, it can be kind of hard to evaluate a, like the cornerback position like this because of kind of what you were talking about with sometimes you can have a really really good play and coverage, but if you don't get a pass rush and the quarterback has, can pitch a tent back there and that, you know, the obviously everybody knows the longer you have to cover a receiver, the more likely somebody's going to get open, right? So it's it can be tough because because if you, you can play a play perfectly in coverage from, like, the standard viewpoint where, you know, you, everybody's covered. But if there's an extra second or two where the quarterback can stand there because he's not under pressure or whatever, then that's where things can break down. So it, it is kind of tough, but – but yeah, I do think uh, there's a lot to like about this the secondary because you have Kobe Bryant, the type of player who is not afraid to get aggressive, not afraid to try to make a play, not afraid to try to jump her out, not afraid to to, to make a high impact play, and he's been shown to do that. And then you have Melo Dotson, who is seems more of like the the consistent stalwart type corner. So you have you, you feel really really good about that. You have really good depth too. And yeah, I mean, it's just gonna come down to. Can Kobe Bryant is Kobe Bryant going to be that superstar level player that we? I mean, you know, is it going to be a six interception season or is it only going to be like a three interception season where maybe he doesn't have as much impact? That's, yeah, what if that's, teams that's, just avoid throwing to him? Yeah, I mean, then that's, at that point, that's a, that's a pressure's on Melo, and yeah, and, and that's Caleb a possibility Gerber. too. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see.
2: I'm uh, looking at the uh, some of the numbers via Pro Football Focus, and I don't know how they calculate this. If it's just if you're the nearest defender, or if they only calculate this in man, or what, this can be a little misleading because if you are playing zone, you could get targeted for you know giving up the catch, or maybe not giving up the catch when you know you didn't really do anything. So you know take these with a grain of salt. But uh, Kobe Bryant was targeted 64 times last season, uh, only a 56 percent completion rate, which that's good. Gave up five hundred and twenty-seven yards, about fourteen point six yards per reception. Um, two touchdowns allowed compared to three interceptions. He had eight pass breakups overall. His uh NFL passer rating against 74.2. That's that's a really good number for uh for Kobe Bryant. Uh Melo Dotson, meanwhile, gave up 40 catches on 61 targets, which is 66%. So that's getting a little scarier there. 621 yards, so 15.5 per catch. Um, He allowed five touchdowns and two interceptions with four pass breakups. So that's a 113 NFL thing. So I I do think Melo Dotson, he is an older player. This will be like his second and a half year as a starter. I do expect him to take another jump up. But yeah, to that point, if if Kobe Bryant, if they're only throwing to Melo Dotson and he hasn't gotten much better than he was last year, then it almost nullifies how good Kobe Bryant could be. Um, That is going to be something
3: important. It's the classic case of if you have one elite corner and another corner who is not that good, if you're an offense, yeah, just throw it to throw it against the guy who's not as good. And I guess it's still helpful because
2: maybe you can give more help with safety coverage. You know, shade them more one way, put extra help on that side of the ball. That that even if you do have one good and you know one kind of weak link, that uh, you can you can kind of make up for it in certain ways. But yeah, I mean, it, it certainly uh, nullifies a certain amount. So yeah, how good can this unit be? Uh, is kind of a big question here, and you know, how good will Kobe and Mello is kind of the the umbrella um, into yeah. that. If if Demarius McGee or Brian Dilworth or Jamil Croft or Jacoby Davis, you know, one of these guys ends up turning into somebody who does crack into that top two or three of the corner room at some point in time, I almost view that to be like a great thing because oh, that yeah, means that, that those guys are breaking out over proven guys, which means that they had to hit a certain level that that will take you to another level. So that would certainly be a good thing. Uh, But the big underlying piece of, of, you know, all these position groups here, uh, I think so far in the defense, uh, we've pretty much said the same or worse with every position except I liked the defensive tackles better. What about this one? Better, same, or worse than last year?
3: This this one is similar to a couple positions we had on the offense where you have everybody back. Mm -hmm. So how could you not feel better about them getting better? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So – uh, yeah, I think you have to go with better for the time being. You have to assume that Kobe Bryant can take that step forward and continue to be a, a first-team All Big 12 caliber player, and if Melo Dotson can just be a consistently solid player, that's probably good enough to where it'll help overall. Mm-hmm. And you have really good depth. I mean, I think you heard from we heard from Jordan Peterson. He trusts Kalen Gervin. I trust Kalen Gervin. I think he's an excellent veteran player that can be that sort of nickel-type defender. Which is great. Uh, so with those three, just, those, just on, the, on the evidence of those three guys alone coming back, you have to feel better. And then you throw in the fact that you might have a possibility of a Demaryius McGee or a Brian Dilworth or a uh, Jamil Croft being a, a little bit of a breakout player a little bit. That's fantastic. I mean, you've got, five, you've got, you've got legitimately four or five guys that you feel really, really good about, and that's, that's great to see. So I think you have to feel better. I feel better, too. Yeah, because I feel better about the
2: depth is the big thing. Like, even if the starters end up being the same to where they were last year, which I actually do think Kobe Bryant's going to take a step up because of the fact that I would say through the first six or seven, maybe eight games, he was still a good corner, but he was at times boomer bust. He'd get a big play, but then he might give up a big... Over the last three or four games, he did become even... He became a little bit more shut down. I, I always go back to the Texas Tech game. Um so I expect him to to be more consistent and even better this year and uh, you know at times last year when he was injured uh, you heard from the staff that that almost reset him that, that that may have been like like you noticed a different Kobe Bryant after the injury because he saw how quickly it could be taken away from him, and it gave him a different mindset. So I think that's going to carry over this year. I do expect him to be better. I expect Melo Dotson to be better. I think Kalen Gervin. you know, maybe he's the same because he's been an older player, so maybe that's closer to who he was. But who he was was, I mean, he only gave up like 52% completion last year, so that was good enough to be one of your, uh, you know, kind of starting quasi-corners last year. So, yeah, uh, and then with the depth of adding McGee, Dilworth coming off the, the redshirt, you're adding Croft, adding Davis. I do think it's a deeper unit. So I do think this is better than it was uh, a season ago. And, and quite honestly, this is, to me, the best position and the deepest position on the defense overall. Would you agree with that?
3: Uh, You could look at the safety position and say that it's maybe deeper, maybe better. Uh, But I think it's definitely better than the linebacker position. Definitely better than the defensive end position. The D-tackle position, it actually... There's been some some talk about the higher confidence level in some of the D-tackles. So maybe you feel a little bit better about the D-tackle position. Feeling vindicated about that take right now. In terms of depth. Uh, But I think in terms of talent and depth of talent, probably it's got to be this position, right? Yeah, I would think so. Now, if
2: you move Jameel Croft back to safety... That would and become be even safety. more of an argument to me.
3: Now, you could argue
2: maybe the top three at safety of Burroughs, Brandon, like, Logan is better than... Uh,
3: yeah, the issue is, like, if you're going to play three to four corners versus if you're only playing two safeties, but you have three right. really, really good safeties, maybe it's maybe yeah. you could say it's safety depth, but... Yeah, I don't know.
2: That, that yeah. becomes kind of an interesting conversation. I'll also say this. This is obviously a very experienced group at this point, and I don't just mean that because yeah. you have three upperclassmen that are in your kind of starting lineup, but also, I mean, Kobe Bryant, or like Melo Dotson was playing as a freshman. Um, Kalen Girvin is like a sixth-year player at this point. To where when I go through the different positions, I, I mentioned this yesterday with linebacker. Linebacker is one of those where it's like, if you have experience, I think that helps you a ton at that position. Defensive line, I, I think it only helps to a, a smaller amount than linebacker. Corner and safety, to me, are another one of those positions where it's like, if you're that great of an athlete, you can play right away as a freshman. But I think the amount of experience helping you at corner and safety is extremely helpful at the collegiate level, especially when you're talking about you know mixing and matching things on the defensive end and allowing Brian Borland to make different play calls. Yeah, I, I don't know this to be the case, but I would be curious – if Brian Borland in past years has been hamstrung at all in terms of what plays he could and couldn't call, um, I mean, you, you heard him. There, there was I think what, his press conference a couple of years ago. He meant or a couple of weeks ago he mentioned, you know, there were times where I would make a play call and you were almost just hoping yeah, no, that everybody yeah. lined up and went to the right spot. And he's like, I don't worry about that at all this year.
3: Yeah, I think certainly in the first year, there was probably a lot of that. I mean, even we've heard from Andy Kolnicki in the past about Mm -hmm. in the first year, they were like simultaneously trying to evaluate what they had while also trying to put stuff together. You know, last year, I, I think you have to be a little bit better. But with this year, if you're making a statement like that, that to me says, okay, I'm expecting there to be much better execution. Yeah, across the board. All right, Henry Greenstein is going to join
2: us in about 15 minutes from right now. We've got some Bryce Cable Dew audio we're going to get to you after this timeout in the action, talk a little offensive line. we got three RCST trivia football matchups on today, and we also have Florida Man Mad Libs coming up in the 5 o'clock hour along with some Gage Keys audio. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, klwn.com and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson and joined now by Henry Greenstein of the Lawrence Journal World, Sports.com. I want to start with the new locker rooms in the weight room. There's plenty to talk about today from KU football to KU basketball, but uh, you got to see all, all the new locker rooms, what it entailed and everything. Uh, I don't know, how, how cool were they in person? How helpful do you think that'll be in, in future recruiting? What, what stood out to you about the new locker room weight rooms?
1: Well, I'm supposed to be a hardened observer, and I was impressed when I went in. So I, if that's anything about recruiting effects, like, no, but I think it'll, have a, it'll certainly have a positive impact on the program in a few different ways. I think the most important material one right now is, as Gildersleeve put it yesterday, time is their most valuable asset. And if they have more racks in the weight room and more efficient racks uh, in those places – That means you have more time to work out. That means you have more time to get strong. That means you do better on the field. So I think that's probably the way that we'll see it borne out in the most immediate future. And also, uh, as both he and Lance Leipold said yesterday to reporters, it's a morale booster, and they really wanted to get it done quickly to reward the players who have been here since 2020, 2019, who who saw what things were like in previous uh, regimes and have now kind of worked to, to build up the program. And I think that will have a, a mental and psychological effect on those guys too. So yeah, I think it's a multi-pronged sort of benefit for the program in the near term.
2: Now, since when we last talked to you here on the show uh, over KU football camp, there was obviously the, the Jalen Daniels situation, uh, possible yeah. injury came back. There was, I don't know some other coaches got a chance to speak with over the last week or so. What's been kind of your biggest takeaway from camp over the last I don't know
1: week or so, seven days? One thing that stood out to me is, and maybe this is just universal among college athletes, but it's it's just really interesting to hear everyone genuinely believe they can be the best in the country at whatever it is they do. You know, so I mean, I mean Kobe Bryant, he wants to shock the world once again. He truly believes the secondary can be the best one out there, and. Uh, talking to the defensive tackles yesterday and Gage Keys, that's like an unheralded unit, but they think they can make a huge splash in the Big 12. I would say just the confidence level of this team is very high. Now, that'll be something to monitor as the season goes on. It's super impressive just to see how how fervently these teams really believe that they can accomplish anything and uh, how all these different position groups really strongly think that they can build on the results of last year and and keep Kansas football growing going forward.
2: What's the position group or position battle right now that maybe interests you the most in trying to figure out how it's going to play out?
1: Yeah, I'm starting to feel like the offensive line positions are resolved pretty much. So I think I'd have to go with those defensive tackles that I was talking about, and maybe just because it's fresh in my mind. But it's really interesting to see how it's a new group, but it's relying on new players like Devin Phillips light like gauge keys for leadership. And it'll be interesting to see if those two are the ones who ultimately take the starting spots, or if Tommy Dunn will sneak in there after his uh, improvement in the offseason, or if DJ Withers, who Panagos said yesterday was was the player who had been standing out to him most and had been super willing to improve and super coachable if, if he makes a case for that role. I think that the you know the travel squad when it comes to defensive tackles is not really Boston in the two deep, there's a lot of potential for change there as we approach the season.
2: Okay, you mentioned feeling like uh, there's a good read on what the offensive line is um, at this point in time. If, if you had to project it, would the starting offensive line, Dominic Pooney at left tackle? Amarj uh, Adams-Reed at, at one of the guard spots, Mike Nowitzki, Michael Ford at the other guard spot, and then uh, I guess Bryce Cable do. Would that, would that be the projection you would go with at this point?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's precisely what I was thinking. Uh, that's what I've seen just from our little open portion of practice. Those seem like, at least in the drills, when, when they're lining up with the ones I've seen. I mean, sometimes they split it up into one half of the offensive line or the other, but I've seen configurations that look like that. I don't see too much of a reason to think that's going to change. I think that uh the tackles in particular are pretty immutable. And then obviously guard has been more of a subject of debate, but I've just heard so much positive stuff about Reed Adams from pretty much every relevant coach we've talked to that I really don't I, don't I don't see that changing much either. And especially we just heard the other day, I believe it was from one of the teammates, one of his fellow offensive linemen that they really see him like a returning starter because of how much he contributed last year.
2: If you had to rate the whole Jalen Daniels situation uh, on a, a worry scale for, I don't know, a possible injury for him uh, in the future, what it could mean long-term for this team on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being, I don't know, hit the panic button, uh, where would that reside on, on that scale for you?
1: I'd give it like a 2.5. I, I was listening to what you guys were saying about this in previous days, and I do agree. Because it is Daniels, a player who has such scrutiny about his health status, it obviously bears a little bit more consideration than if it were just anyone else in the roster. Like I don't see – people aren't super freaking out about Taiwan Burial having a minor hamstring ailment or whatever Luke Grimm is dealing with right now. But because it's Daniels, because he's the star quarterback and because he's time due to injury elsewhere in his career, that's obviously something people are going to be super attuned to. But he was out for one day. He's back. i I don't think anyone should be too concerned about it at this point.
2: Moving over to basketball, as we're talking with Henry Greenstein of the Lawrence Journal World. You can check everything out at KUSports.com. dot com. After seeing all the action in Puerto Rico over the three games for uh, k u, reverting back to that article you you posted a couple weeks ago about the uh, the shooting guard being, you know, the position of of most intrigue and the position battle really to watch during this thing. Do you have uh, a new order of, of your expectations about maybe who the, the leader in the clubhouse is for, for the starter, or uh, I don't know, if you, you ranked those three options between Jackson, Morris, and, and yeah. Timberlake, you know, what would that ranking be after seeing these three games?
1: Yeah, I do have a new order, and you can read all about it in an article that will go up sometime this afternoon with my takeaways from the trip, so keep an eye out for that, everybody. But I uh, yeah, I think that before I had given Timberlake a slight edge, but I just think that Morris's performance in the first game, even though it was against weaker competition in Puerto Rico Select, was so impressive and shored up so many aspects of his game that people have been uncertain about in terms of the shooting and, and whatnot. That I, and I don't think anyone else, with the possible exception of DeWan Harris in the last game, I don't think anyone else at the guard spot had an offensive performance that matched that. Um, And, you know, we didn't see as much from Arterio in game two. And then, of course, he missed game three with a minor injury. Uh, But that showed his sheer potential in terms of athleticism, the kind of inside and outside scoring. And, of course, we already know from his first year at Texas what he can do as a defender. And in terms of Timberlake, he wasn't bad. But as as Self put it, I think he was just okay. I believe that's what Self said after game two. And you know, we saw his athleticism, we saw his shooting ability in spurts, but it wasn't as consistent as you might like from someone who's a primary outside option, um, and I think that I would now give Arterio a slight edge, whereas I had previously given that to Timberlake. As far as Marco Jackson, um, I was really impressed with his pace getting down the court, the way he was able to lead the team in transition, and that was honestly probably the biggest thing that KU did well overall, was just getting out on the break super quickly, great outlet passes and whatnot. But Jackson also, he came in, he seemed a little overwhelmed or, or nervous when he first appeared. You know, sometimes had a shot blocked right away, committed a turnover, fouled Buddy heel in a three-point shot. It could be just that it's only August, and maybe by the time we get to November, he'll be a lot better settled in. But I don't think he should be the top option to start right away, based on what I saw.
2: So you're leaning Morris now over Timberlake. Are you still leaning Timberlake over Jackson for, I guess, if there's, I don't know, maybe one guy plays 22 minutes, another plays 18, or, or some small split of action there?
1: That's a tough question. I I think so. I think, you know, that's a minor difference, and I'm not totally sure exactly how this rotation will take shape, especially now with an additional obligation to get Furfe sub minutes, if he truly is so impressive, but... I, I, I've said repeatedly. I think there's a high chance that Jackson impresses early in the season, and starts to work his way in the starting lineup. I still think that could happen. But in terms of who is the day one starter, I think it goes Morris, Timberlake, Jackson. In terms of my current order, that I'm thinking.
2: A few days before KU took off for Puerto Rico, Bill Self met with the media and talked about Kevin McCuller. He thinks being the best player on the team so far. After seeing the three games, uh, do you think he backed that up and and looks every bit,
1: every part of being that guy? I do. Uh, You know, there were a few things you could critique. He missed a couple key threes late in that third game, but he was in position for an open three, and with more practice, he'll get better at that. He missed some free throws, but it was a small sample size, and everyone on KU was missing free throws, and you have to think they'll get better at that as time goes on mostly what I thought from Kevin McCuller was someone who, as self-put it, has developed his confidence and aggressiveness. He was getting in the paint at will. He was being decisive. He was making the right shot selection choices. And, and kind of like what I said with Morris before, we all know how he can be on defense. And he was perfectly defending Buddy Heald on some plays that still ended up being crazy fadeaway three-pointers. That's something like what you get with an NBA player. But yes, on the whole, I thought, uh, Kevin McCullough lived up to his billing under somewhat challenging circumstances.
2: At this point in time, what remains kind of your biggest question about KU basketball?
1: Well, this may be a little obvious, but I want to see Furphy. I mean, I feel like his, his absence, the fact that he's continents away, has is already creating this sort of cult figure uh, status for him. He's a freshman who until recently was planning on spending another year before even playing college basketball i'm not sure how much anyone can justifiably ascribe super high expectations to that sort of player but i mean if you've seen his highlight tape and you've seen those dunks and shots and whatnot you can kind of understand what it's all about i am very very curious to see how much playing time he gets right away i think it will probably be a few minutes per game uh and how that evolves as time goes on because uh KU has the potential to put together some insanely athletic lineups and you have to think that he would be uh, a linchpin of that.
2: Yeah. If you had to to pick, I don't know a word or a short phrase to peg what you think based off of this small sample size of three games, what you think this team's identity will be or, or something along those lines, would athleticism, would that be the word?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good one. Uh, just, you know, you can watch Artario and K.J. Adams, especially from the earlier games in the trip, and, and land on athleticism as a defining theme, just how swiftly they were able to get to the rim and how strongly they were able to finish there, so that's a good one. Um, and similar to that, I think the, the quickness and the intuition they showed on the break was really impressive for our team in August, so keep those things in mind as well.
2: We're talking with Henry Greenstein, Lawrence Journal World, KU com at this point after having strong games especially the first two for KJ Adams uh is it is it a big enough sample at all for you to say that there's no concern left about how KJ Adams and Hunter Dickinson will fit
1: I I mean this is something I was super impressed by just thinking about how everyone had been talking about the Dewan Harris and Hunter Dickinson connection you know Dickinson semi-famously told him that he better average 10 assists per game, but it, it was the Adams and Dickinson connection that was doing so much work in that same game. They're just lobbing the ball to each other at will and really sealing things down the stretch. I think from that perspective, there shouldn't be too much doubt about how they can coexist. Now, once again, we're still not seeing the, the outside shooting from KJ in a large enough sample size to determine if that's actually improved or if uh, or if it's going to be a problem, um, so I'll be interested to see more of that.
2: So, same scale that I gave you with uh, with Jalen Daniels, the the one to through ten worry scale, with ten being you know the most worrisome. Last two games, they struggled shooting the basketball, not just from three, but from the free throw line. Which it is such a small sample, especially with something like shooting. That also, though, has been something people have wondered about and worried about with this team coming into the year. So what would you grade that on the worry scale of 1 to 10 for uh, their shooting ability?
1: Yeah, my concern, I think, is more with the perimeter than it is with the free-throw line. Um, But I'd give that, let's say, a a 5 out of 10. This is something we know about with this team has already been uh, remarked upon as a problem right from the source, Bill Self. But on the other hand, uh they have it's a problem that they have three months to resolve and that i'm sure they'll be working through over the course of the early season as well so yeah i the team doesn't have a super go-to shooter besides someone like timberlake and i don't think timberlake was especially on target especially in that last game um so i think it's something to monitor i don't think it's a calamity as of now so yeah i'll stick with my five on that
2: Okay, he is Henry Greenstein. You can check out all his work in the Lawrence Journal world through KUSports.com. Henry, appreciate the time as always, man, and uh, talk to you next week.
1: Yep, thank you very much.
2: That was Henry Greenstein, Lawrence Journal world, KUSports.com. You can check out the Best of RCST podcast at KUSports.com now as well. One hour down in the show, two to go. We got uh, RCST trivia, three matchups coming up for you in the 4 o'clock hour. We got some more KU football audio we're going to get to, and... We have Florida Man Mad Libs coming up later in the 5 o'clock hour. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 101.7, 1320 KLWN, klwn KLWN.com and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Welcome back in to Rock Shock Sports Talk on FM 1017 1320 KLWN, klwn KLWN.com and the KLWN app. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. We have three RCST football trivia matchups on today's docket. We are brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Jayhawk Trophy, Johnny's Tavern, McDonald's, Mr. D's Auto Wash, and Lawrence Shirt Factory um isaac henderson versus michael plank to lead off cooper wright versus jackson schneider after that and then kyle coffee taylor morgan to round out the day that means we have four top 10 teams or players participants uh, going today including our first matchup number five isaac henderson number two michael plank i'm excited for this one first though RCST Football Trivia is brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery with dine-in, carry-out, catering options all available. They have the outdoor patio. You can try the Bill Self mac and cheese, the Haney turkey stack, the Hank Booth burger, the Piper's pipe and hop pasta. Everything you get there is off the charts with 23rd Street Brewery. And don't forget they have beer there as well, which you can get to go with their Crowlers. They've got a new brewer in there putting together all sorts of great stuff uh, at 23rd Street Brewery. All right, that being said, into this top five showdown. We have our two-time basketball champion Isaac Henderson, who was ranked fifth against Michael Plank, who is still ranked second even after the tough overtime loss a week ago. Somebody still gave him a first-place vote for his performance. He's sitting at one and one with twenty-seven points, which is one of our high, higher point totals through uh, two weeks. Isaac, meanwhile, sitting at two and zero, oh, he's got twenty points. Isaac has already secured his division victory in the Engraving Experts Conference. Uh, Meanwhile, Michael is rooting for Cooper to beat Jackson in a later matchup today so that there can be a three-way tie with one-and-one teams. And then at that point, it would go down to total points, which Mike has a one-point edge on Jackson right now for that for regulation points. So who knows? It'll be dependent there. But either way, this one's important because, uh, Michael, if you can win this one, you get to two-and-one and and you'd have a lot of points. But if you lose, you're one-and-two. And we already have three two and one teams who did not win their division in the clubhouse, which means that you would have to hope every other team who's one and one would have to lose, and then you'd have the most points. So this could be playing for your playoff life. You're depending on what happens the rest of the way. Isaac, meanwhile, trying to go for a a clinched top four seed. There's a lot on the line. Isaac, I want to start with you. You've already clinched your division. How do you approach this matchup and and still have all your, uh, I don't know, expectations and, and hype to get ready for it?
1: Yeah, you know, there's always kind of I've been a saying that, you know, the more desperate a team
3: usually wins. Um, and I think today that's that's probably Mike. Um, you know, we're, we're trying not too much to rest on the Laurels, but you know, it's one of those things that the that, that they do rest the starters last game just for prayer. but so we're playing for a top four seed that, that, that buy is, is huge in this. So we're gonna try to go for give us the win, but it is nice to uh, to have that, that clinch
1: in our back pocket if we need it.
2: Well, Michael, you are the defending champ, but your back is against the wall now. Today, I, I don't know if you knew all that stuff coming into this one, but uh, I, I don't know what what are the uh, feelings, emotions headed into this matchup now.
4: Oh man, I listened in yesterday, and those uh, those those questions were tough. So uh, they, they got me a couple times on those. So you know, Isaac, you want to rest the starters? That's that's more <laughs> than okay with me. We'll, we'll we'll take whatever we can get at this point.
2: That's right. All right, well, uh, you know, Michael, you you need the victory here, so I'm going to actually have you call the coin toss, even though you are the uh, uh, better-ranked team to this point. Uh, would you like heads or tails? I hate making this call, man. Uh, let's go heads. All right, heads it is. It is heads, so you have the choice now. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second?
4: Uh, we'll, uh, we'll go second.
2: All right, so Isaac, you're going to be up first. We'll start in the easy round of questions. These are worth three points in the first quarter. Isaac, your first question. In KU's 2022 win at home against Duke, what quarterback had as many touchdown passes as incompletions for the Jayhawks?
1: Jalen Daniels.
2: That is correct. I think it actually might have been total touchdowns, but nonetheless, we got the answer uh, with Jalen Daniels. There's three points to get you on the board. Mike, let's see if you can answer here in the easy round for three points. In KU's 2022 win at home against Iowa State, what starting running back led the team with 12 carries and 75 rushing yards?
4: Let's go with Devin Neal.
2: That's right. Starting running back was to help you try to differentiate, although I think that was the game that Daniel Hyshaw had the uh, unfortunate season-ending injury. All right, three to 3-3 three is the score through the first quarter. We're all knotted up into quarter number two. These are worth six points. Isaac, back to you. Marcus Henry's career high in receiving yards of 199 receptions of eight and receiving touchdowns of three all came in the same game in a 2007 game against what big 12 uh, south opponent
3: That Oklahoma State
2: That was Oklahoma State. It was that night game on uh, college game day wasn't there but it was like the primetime game on ABC and stuff and uh, that was a fun one to say the least. All right that's a hit for you there to go up nine to three. Michael, your response question. The following season, in 2008, Kansas scored their team season high of 52 points in a 52 to 21 win over what Big 12 North opponent? I believe that was Kansas State. That was Kansas State, and that was the last time that the Jayhawks have beaten the Wildcats, which obviously makes that one stick out in addition to the uh, Marcus Henry one. All right, we are tied 9-9, headed into the second half. This is what you could hope for in a top-five matchup. We've certainly got that here. Back to you, Isaac. Hard question worth seven points. On November 13th of 2010, Kansas was held to just 15 passing yards in a 20-3 loss to Who?
1: Well, I believe I unfortunately made this road trip. It was it Nebraska.
0: It was
2: Nebraska, so uh, maybe some personal knowledge kind of paid off there. It's Fifteen passing yards, especially when uh, you're I down. Was right with there you. with you, Isaac. I would think. Old that night, man. All right. Well, hopefully you went to this one, Michael. On October 29th of 2011, Kansas was held to just 46 total yards of offense on 36 plays in a 43 nothing loss. To what Big Twelve South opponent. Oklahoma. It was Oklahoma's mm. rival, the Texas Longhorns, were the right answer on this going one. Going back
4: and forth between those two. I mm. couldn't. Ah.
2: All right, well, if Isaac hits this one, you get a perfect score and you secure the win, Isaac. Otherwise, you're going to leave the door slightly open for Michael here. This is worth eight points. Um, Isaac, for you. This Jayhawk uh, offensive lineman is the most recent Jayhawk to win the Big 12's Offensive Newcomer of the Year Award.
1: team Energy. Mm. correct answer is
2: joe vaughn that was a good guess with energy though because he he started as a freshman okay michael the door is open just enough this is worth eight points if you get this one you win the matchup and then you're sitting at two and one with the most points of our two and one teams you probably feel great about being in the playoffs if not you're going to need some help to get you into the postseason your question this jayhawk defensive back is the most recent jayhawk to win the Big 12's Defensive Newcomer of the Year Award. 10 seconds. Five. Mike Lee It was another safety But a few years prior It was Isaiah Johnson Isaiah Johnson was the right answer This go around So that is a tough way to go out The final score here 16-9 uh, Isaac, you secure a 3-0 record You have put yourself in good position here With uh, a 3-0 record And now 36 total points which uh, currently among people in the clubhouse of division winners, you would be third. So if you can get that top-four seed, you get a buy. Michael, you do have the most points among one and two teams, but with three and one teams in the clubhouse, that means that you need uh, some help around you. Or I guess it's still possible you could win your division because if Jackson loses to Cooper today, it goes to conference record and then total points. So you become a big Cooper fan. You become a big fan of anybody who's playing a one-in-one team <laughs> for the one-in-one team to lose. Um, Overall, you had a good performance with your total points in this whole thing, just maybe unfortunate scheduling and stuff, but uh, thoughts on on how this has all gone for you so far?
4: Yeah, I need to talk to my AD about scheduling. I don't know about this matchup here with Isaac. That was pretty tough. So we need to get the Bill Snyder schedule going next year.
2: That's right. Well, you still got a chance hanging on, to. and uh, I know uh, people will be scared if if you end up as an 11 or 12 seed or something like that. Isaac, uh, this has to feel good in a game that you didn't necessarily have to win, but you beat another really strong opponent.
3: Yeah, it's always uh, always good to get that win. Uh, Like I said, today – didn't necessarily have the most motivation, but it's the best performance I've had uh, today. So a uh,
1: good confidence builder going into the playoffs. And uh, you know, like I said, just I have my dad to thank for years of miserable <laughs> KU football memories. So,
2: Yep, and sometimes questions just don't go your way because it sounds like Michael would have got your heart also. And, and who knows where we'd be at that point. So, uh, Michael, we'll, we'll keep an eye on you. And uh, it'd be fun to see you in the playoffs, but we'll, we'll see you if we get there. All right, well, uh, guys, we'll Cross I our fingers, it. Derek. There we go. Thanks, we go. Isaac. Good game, man. Man, tough one, tough one for Michael Plank, which, yeah, the schedule was uh, unfortunate for him. He he had two people in his division who he didn't have a track record on, and then he ended up with the matchup against Isaac, who, you know, turned out to be just as good as he is in basketball, like, you know, really advanced at this, but we didn't know beforehand, so it was, it was tough to tell with the uh, SOS, the strength of schedule for Michael. He's very deserving, I think, to make it in the playoff, and, to be honest, I'm kind of hoping he gets in the playoffs because I think it's good to have your defending champ in there, and um, he's obviously very talented enough. I mean, he's ranked number two after this week, even losing to number five. He'll probably be like ranked in the top five next week. But uh, how we work our playoffs is it's the eight division winners, and then it's the four next best based on um, total record and points as the tiebreaker. So right now we already have three people who have gone into the clubhouse at two and one as part of. Um, Like non division winners with Justin Nichols, Garrett Hart, Aaron Mayer. Uh, Michael does have the most points among the one and two teams who are in the clubhouse. Kevin Coker was the previous high with 18. Colton New had 12. So that does mean technically right now among teams that are just in the clubhouse, Michael would be the fourth wild card, but. He's going to need some help. So he's going to need Kyle Coffey, for instance, to lose later today. He would need, uh, I guess, I don't know, Blake or or Brad or something to to lose, Ben Wilson maybe to lose. Uh, I'd I'd have to think through the the rest of the schedule how that all works. But maybe his best chance to make it is if Cooper Wright can beat Jackson Schneider because then at that point if Cooper can beat Jackson – all three of Jackson, Mike, and Cooper would be 1-1 and in conference play. And for the conference winner, for the division winner, we throw overall record out the window. It just goes off conference play and total points, which means that if Michael, so if if Jackson scores nine points or less, because Michael does have one more than Jackson, if Jackson scores nine points or less and loses to Cooper, then Michael could still find his way to winning the division um, and getting in that way. But it's going to be tough sledding either way outside of that. Um, anyway, uh, let's get into our next matchups coming up here in a bit. RCST Football Trivia is brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Jayhawk Trophy, Johnny's Tavern, McDonald's, Mr. D's Auto Wash and Lawrence Shirt Factory. Check out Jayhawk Trophy on 6th Street in Lawrence. They are custom in wards and engraving experts right here in Lawrence, whether it's a trophy or trophies for a youth sports league, for a fantasy football team, for um, anything in between. They have all sorts of great stuff. Check it out with Jayhawk Trophy and online. It's not just trophies. It's not just plaques. Uh, we, they have, like, they're providing us our, our custom engraved water bottles and tumblers. You can get a bunch of stuff, custom engraved that you wouldn't even think of. So check it out with Jayhawk Trophy again online or in Lawrence. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening on FM 1017, 1320 KLWN, KLWN KLWN.com and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Welcome back into Rock Shock Sports Talk and RCST Football Trivia brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Jayhawk Trophy, Johnny's Tavern, McDonald's, and Lawrence Shirt Factory. reminder on all our prizes here, all 24 entrants are getting a football trivia shirt from Lawrence Shirt Factory, a free McDonald's breakfast sandwich, and a free McDonald's small McCafe frappe. The 12 who make the playoffs, you're getting a $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery. Uh, The eight who are in the quarterfinals, you are getting a $25 gift card to Johnny's Tavern a Mr. D's Auto Wash free car wash with a $14 value, one free small shake, one free medium frozen beverage, and one free lunch or dinner sandwich from McDonald's. Uh, The four who make the semifinals are getting a RCST engraved water bottle tumbler from uh, Jayhawk Trophy and a $25 gift card to McDonald's. The two in the title game are getting another $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery and another free small shake, one free medium frozen beverage, and one free lunch or dinner sandwich from McDonald's. And then the champion, you are getting a trophy from Jayhawk Trophy. You are getting another $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery. Um, Off the top of my head, I am thinking here and I'm wondering. What's that? Should we add on a prize here for a $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery? Because I believe we have a couple extras for someone if you finish ranked in the top 10, but you don't make the playoffs. Mm. Because the 12 who make the playoffs get a $25 gift card to 23rd. The thing
3: is, you would assume that they would make the playoffs if they're in the top 10. But it might not. It might not happen for everyone. Because you either win the division, if you win your division you're in, so that's eight division winners. So there's actually going to be two guys outside the top ten who are going to be in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, but also Michael Plank, who's ranked second. Not looking great for him there. It's possible, but it's not looking great. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Kyle Coffey, who's ranked ninth. He's going to go in our next matchup. Uh, There's a chance he makes it, but there's also a chance he doesn't make it. (laughs) Justin Nichols, who's ranked tenth. uh, I think he's going to be going... I don't know. He's he's in a good spot. I think he's going to be going to the playoffs, but I guess it's possible. Blake McFarland, Skinner, and Weninger—like one of them, maybe both of them—won't make the playoffs. They're honorable mention picks. I'm kind of wondering if we should do that. If you're in the top ten and you don't make the playoffs, Listen, you still get. You are you pick. are
3: the president of, okay. All right, we'll of think about uh, it. RCST trivia, so you can you can uh, executive order whatever you'd That's like. That's true.
2: I make the rules now. Okay, anyway, uh, this second matchup is third-ranked Jackson Snyder and uh, Cooper Wright. You are anti-Jackson. You don't believe in him, I guess, is the way of putting it.
3: Yeah, I do not believe in Jackson. I think he's a fraud. I think he's going to, at some point, he's going to get exposed. This dude, you know, he he's all high and mighty. He thinks he knows his stuff. No, it's going to come crashing down for him, whether it happens here or whether it happens in the playoffs. He's going to flame out. He's got no chance yes
2: okay well uh, you are very very anti there so we'll see if he does flame out here against Cooper looking for his first RCST trivia win of the year let's get into the matchup so we have third ranked Jackson Schneider taking on Cooper Wright and uh, this is out of the Jayhawk Trophy Conference with Jackson a win today he can clinch the conference he can clinch a spot in the playoff Um, right now if he could get I don't know I guess if he just wins in general, he would be in the top four. But if he can get 11 points or more, then he would clinch, I believe, a top four spot at that point in time. Um, So, I don't know. There's there's some stuff to play for there. But, however, Jackson, if Cooper beats you today, then there would be a three-way tie between yourself, Mike... And Cooper at 1-1 one one in the conference. And then we go to total points. We don't look at overall record. We only use the overall record for at-large bits. So uh, it would go to total points, which Mike has 10 more than you. So there's a lot on the line here. And uh, Cooper, if you can have uh, a good score here, then then maybe you can work your way back into uh, playoff contention. Uh, but nonetheless, Cooper, I guess for you first, 0-2 through the first two weeks. What is the level of pride and want to in this matchup here today?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, I just want to maybe get a couple questions right. You
1: know, you never know. Uh, so, yeah, just maybe you know, do as good as possible. Maybe pull an upset. We'll see.
2: Jackson, the uh, the pressure is on a little bit more now because you have that, that big ranking next to your name of, of number three. But if you get a win today, you do clinch your division and you can kind of worry about stuff from there. H- how have you approached this event now with heightened expectations and, and having a high ranking next to your name?
0: Well, basically, we're just in this to prove Springer wrong. That's that's all it is. That's the only thing we need for motivation. There and, we go. That's what um, I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. You know, every day I listen. Every day he says something that we add to our bulletin board, and uh, you know, it just keeps pushing us on.
2: Okay. Well, uh, if you win, you clinch the division. If you can get eleven points, you clinch a buy in the first week, and if you can get a perfect score you would be the two-seed. Okay, Uh, Cooper, I'm going to give you the coin toss. Do you want heads or tails?
3: I'll go tails.
2: All right, tails it is. It is tails. So, Cooper, do you want to go first or do you want to go second?
3: Yeah, I'll go first.
2: Okay, you're going to start things off, and then uh, we'll have Jackson. After that, we're going to start in the easy round, the first quarter. These are worth three points. Cooper, for you. This KU quarterback played from 2015 through 2019, wearing the number nine uniform and collecting 37 career touchdown passes, most of them coming in his senior season. What's his name?
1: Carl Stanley. Yes,
2: Starter Carter. And uh, Stanley, the correct answer there. All right, Jackson, your first question worth three points. This KU defensive end played from 2015 through 2017, finishing his career wearing the number two uniform collecting 15 and a half sacks and leaving for the NFL draft.
0: Number two.
2: Defensive end. Is that Dorrance Armstrong? That was Dorrance Armstrong. Not to be confused with... I'm, uh, I'm panicking a bit. <laughs> I know. I <laughs> the pressure's getting to him. <laughs> okay, it is three to three. We're through the first quarter of play. We're going to head to quarter number two. This is worth six points, medium round. Back to you, Cooper. How many games did Kansas win in the 2003 season, which was year two of the Mark Mangino era? Uh,
1: Is it for regular season?
2: Yes. Well... Okay. Yeah, I guess.
1: Okay. Uh, Seven.
2: Yeah, I guess it it was the same answer either way, uh, to be honest. So, uh, it didn't matter. The correct answer though was six on that one. Okay. Um... Jackson, your second question in the medium round. How many games did Kansas win in the 2006 season, which was the year prior to the Orange Bowl year?
0: Oh. it's They didn't go to a bowl game. Was it six, though?
2: It is six. Yes, they also won <laughs> six. You are right. They did not go to a bowl game. There were too many teams, and uh, there weren't as many bowls that year as, as there are now, where there's like a billion of them. Okay, you take.
0: I, th- I thought it was like there were too many FCS teams that they played, <laughs> or something. But I'll take that. All right, you
2: take a, a nine to three lead, Cooper. We're gonna go back to you in the hard round. This is worth seven points. What is the first bowl game that Kansas ever won?
0: Uh.
5: The Aloha
2: Bowl. Correct answer is in 1961, they won the Blue Bonnet Bowl, and that was actually something that Skinner had mentioned uh, about yeah. a week ago on RCST Trivia. Yep. Okay, Jackson, back to you. Chance to uh, secure a victory and win the division right here if you can answer this correctly. That 1961 Blue Bonnet Bowl was notable for the location of the game because it was played at what stadium? And you can be a bit generic here. Memorial Stadium. <laughs> the correct answer is it was played at Rice Stadium, so the home of the Rice Owls. The reason why it was notable is because they played Rice and beat Rice in the Blue Bonnet Bowl. So it was basically a home game for Rice in that one.
0: Wow. All right, Cooper. I think we, yeah, that was... <laughs> That was way harder than my hard question last week, man. (laughs) They vary. Committee's out to get me. They vary. All right, uh, Cooper, back to you. Your chance to win here
2: in the really hard round. This Jayhawk was named All-Big 12 in 1999 for his play on the offensive line.
1: Uh, Keith Moniker. (laughs)
2: <laughs> the right answer is Damian Hunt. Damian Hunt. All right, so Jackson, that means you have secured the win. That means you have secured your division. Um, let's see. If you can get this one right, though, then you would surpass Isaac for uh, the the three seed at the moment among people who are in the clubhouse uh, to try to secure that, that top four seed, and I think if you do answer this right, that would secure a top four seed, which means you secure a bye. Otherwise, you got to wait to see what happens in uh, another matchup tomorrow. All right, Your question, Jackson. This Jayhawk was named All-Big 12 in 1999 for his play as the team's
0: punter. Yeah. Uh, looks like we're going to be scoreboard watching. Um, I have no idea. Uh Johnson. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the correct answer is Joey Pelfanio. That's a fun last name. Pelfanio. Yeah, is that even how you say it? Pelfanio? I don't know. Pelfanio? Pelfanio. Either way, it's a good name. Uh, so nonetheless, Jackson, you win 9-3. to You uh, you win your division. You're 3-0 and through the non-conference portion or through the uh, regular season portion, I should say. Uh, right now, you would be the fourth... Uh, Uh, division winner among the rankings there the only one you have to wait on now ryan goodwin who is going tomorrow is two and oh he has 21 points you have 35 so he would need 15 or more points to pass you for that final spot for a buy but overall uh what are your thoughts on on how you did over the course of the regular season here
0: yeah I, i think we've done well for this being our first time ever competing um, today I'm a little disappointed. Apparently there's some pages in the media guide I need to start reading a little closer, but, um, feel good. We, we've gotten some really good competition and, uh, just got to try and, uh, carry that into the playoffs now, I guess. That's right. Cooper
2: didn't go your way today, but, uh, thoughts on your overall performance over the three weeks here.
1: Uh, yeah. So, uh, today questions were definitely gettable. Uh, should have done probably a little bit better. Um, should have known the 0 um, but, yeah, I'm pretty happy. You know, it's, it's fun just out here trying to answer some questions. So, yeah, had a good time. All
2: right. Well, guys, we appreciate you joining us. And, Jackson, we'll either see you next week or in two weeks.
0: Hey, whenever it is, I'll be back to hate on Springer some more. We'll be right here hating right back, bud. <laughs>
1: Thanks,
0: guys. So, Jackson,
2: not a fraud officially? <laughs> or do you have to wait? Do you need to uh, see him go far in the playoffs? No, I didn't what see him. What round go far in the do you need to see him make?
3: He's got to make it at. Least, so let's see. If he, well, if he's in the top four, he gets straight to yeah. straight through to the, like the quarterfinals. So okay? you need him to at least win he needs a playoff. To win game. a playoff game. Okay, he needs to win a playoff. So if he doesn't have a buy, win the first I mean, round. Call him if he not a fraud. A bye. Okay. Yeah. If he if he wins a playoff game, he's officially not a fraud, but he's still very average <laughs> and very not good. Okay. All right. uh, RCST Football
2: Trivia is brought to you by Johnny's Tavern. In 2023, Johnny's Tavern is celebrating its 70th year anniversary. And that's good news for you because they'll be having all sorts of specials at your local Johnny's throughout the year. Stay tuned for more details about a 70th year anniversary celebration at the original location in North Lawrence where you can be a part of the neighborhood porch. Of course, there's now 13 locations of Johnny's from Topeka to the newest store in Raymore, Missouri. Try all the great food. Try all the great beer, including the Blue Collar Lager, a beer you can only get at Johnny's. That's brewed by Free State Brewing Company.
3: I just want to say it's, I don't want anybody to think that I actually really dislike Jackson. We were we were roommates in college, so it's all it's all in good fun. But also, he sucks, and I hope he loses. <laughs> okay. We have one more
2: matchup today. This is a big one. Ninth-rate Kyle Coffey taking on Taylor Morgan. We'll tell you why it is such an important game for who could possibly make the playoffs coming up after this timeout. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to RCST and RCST Football Trivia on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN, depending on it. Welcome back in as we get ready for our final matchup of the day here for RCST football trivia brought to you by 23rd street brewery, Jayhawk trophy, Johnny's tavern, McDonald's, Mr. D's auto wash and Lawrence shirt factory, uh, McDonald's and Mr. D's in Lawrence on Sixth street You can get your car wash. You can get a nice bite to eat, whether it's a snack, lunch, dinner, get some ice cream, dessert treat afterwards with, uh, McDonald's. So our final matchup of the day is ninth rank Kyle coffee against Taylor Morgan. And this is coming out of the, uh, engraving experts conference. Um, after Jackson clinched the division, now Michael Plank's only our defending champ path to getting into the postseason is as a wild card. And currently there are three two and one teams in the clubhouse, meaning that Michael has to be the best one and two team by total points. Kyle is sitting in one and one. So if Kyle wins, it just eliminates Michael. If Kyle loses, it'll depend how many points he scores. Taylor has 12 points. So if Taylor wins and he has a perfect score, I guess he could tie Michael at that point in time. Um, but this becomes interesting because Kyle is certainly one of our best contestants, but he had the tough week one. Yeah. He's got a chance to overcome it here, but because of that tough week one, it makes this week a lot more pressure filled.
3: Yeah, this matchup on paper may not be the most flashy matchup in the world compared to some of our other matchups this week, but it kind of as you outlined, the implications of this game may be more significant than some of the other games we've had this week. I mean, there's a ton on the line here, not just between these two guys fighting for a spot, but as you said, Michael Plank, and obviously there's kind of that situation where depending on how many 2-1 and teams we have, you could be 2-1 and and miss the playoffs still. So there's still a lot on the line here, and this particular game is going to determine or illuminate a lot of those different scenarios that we have right now uh, because it's you know obviously we could have a possible defending champion eliminated so ton on the line in this matchup taylor's been a great competitor all season long even though he hasn't gotten the win yet uh he's done pretty well still and obviously we know how strong kyle is so i I think this is going to be an exciting matchup
2: yeah it is all right let's get into it between kyle and taylor our final trivia matchup of the day is between ninth-ranked Kyle Coffey and Taylor Morgan. This is in the Engraving Experts Conference. Isaac has already secured the conference win, but a possible at-large berth could be on the line between the two of these. Taylor sitting at 0-2 looking for his first win. He's got 12 points. Kyle sitting at 1-1 uh, with 19 points. Now, as far as the playoffs go, as I mentioned, neither one of you can win your division. Um, Taylor, if you can put together a perfect score... You could move into a tie with Mike Plank, who is currently among the people in the clubhouse, our fourth wild card with a one and two record and 36 points. However, for you, Kyle, that means if you can win today, you would at the very least move into one of the wild card spots. And depending how many points you score, would depend how safe you would feel where you would sit among the wild card leaders, because there are three teams who are two and one among the wild card teams. And uh, with still another day of trivia to go tomorrow and and possibly a matchup on Friday, Um, you want to get, I don't know, feel as safe as you possibly can so that you don't get uh, bobbed out. So Kyle, I want to start with you here. You had a really good bounce back week a week ago, but what kind of pressure are you feeling headed into this one, knowing that you do need to perform well to try to make it into the postseason?
4: I mean, it is kind of just what I have to deal with after week one, scoring three points, just kind of having a bad draw. So you gotta you gotta show out and do what you can over the next two weeks and and I did that uh, last week hoping to do the same today and and it's been fun to uh, watch people kind of jostle for those last few positions there looking at the playoffs I think I was like 11th or 12th at the if the you know record or whatever if the season ended last week and so I need to make sure that I make myself more safe like you said.
2: Taylor, you have the opportunity to play spoiler. Obviously you still can, uh, threaten for the postseason. Like I said, a perfect score that is going to be tough to do because I don't think we've had that happen yet for anyone, but at the very least an opportunity for pride, for victory, to beat a top 10 team, to go out on top. Uh, what are you playing for today?
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I can any better embody, uh, Kansas football that we've seen for, uh, the last decade plus here, uh, With not much else to play for than uh, Being a spoiler and and hoping for a miracle So, uh, yeah Just trying to make a little noise
2: There we go, well Michael Plank is certainly rooting for you To try to maintain a tiebreaker here Okay, so this will be very interesting Um, Taylor, I'm going to give you the coin toss Do you want heads or tails? I'll go tails All right, it is tails Would you like to go first or would you like to go second?
3: Tails is hot today Um
4: I'll go first. I've gone second the last two times. I haven't gone well,
2: so. Okay. We're going to start an easy round. These are worth three points. First to you, Taylor. Including a highlight reel touchdown out of the backfield, what backup running back led KU with 137 yards from scrimmage in their 2022 victory over Duke? Uh, Yep, Daniel Shaw, the correct answer there. That was a fun little highlight. All right, Kyle, your question. Uh, with a first name that is the same as the city he plays in, what receiver led KU with 84 receiving yards in that 2022 win against Duke?
4: Lawrence Arnold.
2: That's right. Meant to be that he came to KU, I guess you could say. All right, it's 3-3 three to three after the first quarter of play. We're going to move on to the uh, second quarter into the medium round. Back to you, Taylor. This is worth six points. What opponent gave Mark Mangino his final loss at the University of Kansas?
4: He's muted.
3: Taylor, you are muted currently. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, Missouri. Missouri is the right
2: answer. Glad you were able to get unmuted to uh, answer that one correctly. Yes, Missouri was the final loss of his KU career. All right, it's 9-3, Taylor. Kyle, back to you, your six-pointer. Michael Cummings had his career high of 332 passing yards in a 2014 home game against what ranked opponent that Kansas nearly defeated?
4: What year, 2014? Yes. 10 seconds Man, options um, he's had good games He uh, Texas Tech mm-hmm.
2: ah, I thought this one would come to you the right answer was TCU that was the ranked opponent 2014 the high in passing yards almost upset him uh, okay so Taylor you have a 9-3 to three lead this is interesting headed into the second half of play these are now worth 7 points in the hard round back to you Taylor All from right. September 13th 2009 Through September 7th of 2018, Kansas did not win a single road game. What Conference USA opponent did Kansas beat on September 12th of 2009, 34-7, for their last hurrah before that streak? Uh,
4: I think it
2: was UF. It was UTEP. I think Kyle knew the answer to that one, and and he felt a little unfortunate there. That is a big hit for Taylor. Taylor, you are alive for a perfect score if you can get your really hard answer correct. Okay. Wow, this is getting interesting. Kyle, you have to hit this to stay alive. From September 13th of 2009 through September 7th of 2018, Kansas did not win a road game. What opponent did Kansas beat on September 8th of 2018, 31-7, to snap that streak?
4: Central Michigan.
2: Yep, who could forget? Puka Williams ran all over Central Michigan, and that was after they had uh, lost to Nichols State, which stunk, but you saw the impact of Puka Williams. All right, you guys both got your hard question correct, and it is now 16-10, to headed into the fourth quarter of play. This is where champions are made. Taylor, this is your opportunity to hit the perfect score and have a chance at the playoffs. Alright, your really hard question. In KU's 59-20 loss to Texas in 2015, who threw the lone touchdown pass of the game for the Jayhawks?
4: I almost feel like it has to be not an obvious answer. I don't. uh...
2: Ten seconds. I'll
4: go Ryan Willis. Mm. You were on the right trail. It
2: was not going to be an obvious answer. The right answer was Keaton Perry. Keaton Ah. Perry. Okay, so Kyle, that gives you new life. Because if you hit this question correctly, you win the matchup and you were going to the playoffs because at that point, you would have enough points that would get you into a secure spot. So this is do-or-die mode for you right here. All right, Kyle, that same game, KU's 59-20 to loss to Texas in 2015. Keaton Perry threw the lone KU touchdown pass. Who caught the 19-yard touchdown pass from Perry? Um ten seconds.
4: It's not gonna be right. Uh Jack Luabasa. That was I think later.
2: The correct answer on this one was Darius Crawley. Darius Crawley, the right answer there. So you just come up short, and I guess the difference there was the TCU question. So let me ask you this first. Uh Taylor, if you would have got the TCU question about Michael Cummings, would you have got that right?
4: I, I That is actually what I was thinking. I, that was a game when it was like freezing cold, if I remember right.
2: Yep. Almost upset TCU and kept them out of the playoff, although they, they came out just short. Kyle, after hearing the answer and knowing it was TCU, I, I feel like you knew it. You just didn't get around to it or, or what happened there?
4: Yeah, you know, uh, Michael Cummings had a really good game at Texas Tech. I think it was maybe the next year, or maybe it was that same year. I don't remember what it was, but I think he had more rushing yards than passing yards, and and I think I just mixed up the two. And as soon, I mean, Nigel King had wider. I mean, just down the sideline, Yeah, I think he had some big plays. I think during that game, so I'm definitely kicking myself over that. Um, it's uh, you know, I'm uh, it's a little tough with with that because. Ah, uh, the last game of the Mangino era was was pretty was pretty prevalent there, and so it made it a little difficult there with the wide range. But it's one that I should have come up with.
2: Yeah, it is unfortunate, and uh, I guess that'll keep Michael Plank alive. That's a heck of an effort from you, Taylor. And I guess, you know, that that first week comes back to haunt you with just the three points because uh, I, I think you're behind Michael Plank by I don't know six or seven points here. Uh, so that, that, that certainly hurts, but we know, you know, your stuff. And we, I, I kind of, I don't know, made a, a new rule that if you finish ranked in the top 10, even if you don't make the playoffs, we're going to get you a $25 gift card to 23rd street brewery. So you, you, even if you can't make the playoffs, you do have that opportunity to possibly get there, but Taylor, that's a good finish for you. Kyle, we hope to see you back for basketball and, and football next year. If, if we can't get you in any further here. And, uh, thanks guys, both for being a part of this.
4: Appreciate it again. As always, Derek, thanks. thanks. Good luck.
2: Oh, that's tough. Man. Do you think? Do you think Kyle's medium was a, or I'm sorry, Taylor's medium was a tiny bit easier than than Kyle's? Uh, I
3: don't know, man. That, that TCU game is pretty prevalent. Uh, I, you know, this, for based off what Kyle said afterwards, it, it sounded like maybe. Again, sometimes the context clues of the question help because you said it was at home. It was against the ranked opponent. Yeah, which when I said they nearly won, and Kyle was thinking the Texas Tech game, which that was on the road, so that would have helped him eliminate that game. But you know, that's just how it goes, man. That's just how it goes. Yeah, Uh, and honestly. Taylor stepping up in the clutch at the right time. I mean, he had some good good hits.
2: He was that really hard question away from being in a tie with Michael Plank right now for that fourth and final wild card at one and two. And then if we do get a tie in terms of points and it does just come down to you have the same record and the same amount of points, we'll probably do like a play-in game at that point. But I guess we don't have to worry about that at this point in time. So Michael Plank survives for another day. Um, there's still
3: some other one-on-one guys that could go.
2: Yeah, so among the people in the clubhouse right now, here's what everything sits. Right now, Eric Hansey's the one seed. He has that clinched. Blake Farrell's the two seed. He has that clinched. Um, Isaac Henderson is the three seed. He doesn't necessarily have the three seed clinched, but he does have a bye clinched. Okay. Jackson Schneider's the four. He needs Ryan to either lose or score a certain amount of points that keeps him below him. And then you have Kyle Martin uh, and Andrew Wymore are both Tied at two and one with twenty eight points, um, that one's just going to come down to who's ranked higher in in the voting poll, since it won't really matter in terms of determining a pie. So we won't do a uh, playing game for that. The wild card leaders: Justin Nichols is two and one with twenty nine points. Garrett Hart two and one with twenty seven points. Aaron Mayer two and one with twenty six points, and then Michael Plank one and two with thirty six points. So as far as what's tomorrow, uh, Blake McFarland, Brad Wendell are both sitting at one and one. So uh, you know Ryan's playing Brad Wendell, who's one and one. And then uh, Blake and so one McFarlane's of those teams one one. is going
3: to become two and one. No, not
2: necessarily because uh, if they're both Br- one and one. No, no, but Brad's playing Ryan, who's two and oh. Oh, oh, oh! And okay, then Blake okay. has a non-con matchup. I misunderstood. And he's I thought, one I and thought one. you were saying they
3: they were playing each other.
2: Yeah. Now Ben is playing. Actually, now that I think about it, Ben is playing um, Blake, I believe, and both are one and one. So I guess yeah, one will become two and one. Yeah. So I guess we hadn't so even thought that through. Yeah, that, so that, that I guess does eliminate. Does that, does that eliminate Mike. Michael? So all the pressure for nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Michael. Uh, but nonetheless, we're we're gonna do that rule with the $25 gift card, and then uh, Skinner it is one and one, and Ryan is zero and two going tomorrow. So uh, that'll do it for trivia for today. RCST football trivia brought to you by Lawrence Shirt Factory. They're providing us with all sorts of RCST football trivia t-shirts, and they're going to be providing us with some awesome t-shirts we're going to be giving away at our Big Mill pregame KU tailgates. So uh, check out Lawrence Shirt Factory if you need anything done in terms of customization, but they also have certain really cool t-shirts, hats, all sorts of stuff for sale that you can check out. They're over by Munchers in uh, Lawrence. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Two hours down, one to go. we got Florida Man Mad Libs coming up uh, in our next hour and some KU basketball talk. This is RCST on KLWN, depending on it.
5: This is a Ruck Jog Sports Talk news alert.
0: Office say this man sold crack to an undercover police officer all while wearing a shirt that said Coke on it.
2: Ever wondered just how crazy headlines can get? And now the Broward Sheriff's Office is looking into this one, so if you recognize the defecating deviant dropping deuces on driveways, give Broward Crime Stoppers a call.
5: Our headline experts have you covered. A 42-year-old man was arrested for riding his bicycle on the front lawn of a neighborhood home and telling a woman inside he was an FBI agent. This is Florida Man
2: Matt Libs with Derek Johnson, Nick Springer, and Sam Speck on Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Welcome back into to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson Another day, another episode of Florida Man
5: Mad Lib Sam Speck joins us in studio Well, and it's good to be back on a Wednesday As we normally do, that Sam, middle of the week Yes, Nick. Sna- Derek see. to pronounce museum Hang on, really? Is it that museum. hard? Wait a minute, Hold, No, no, no. Just, be, just say it Museum Zam. Why is he saying that? Well, I mean, I know it's, it's like museum. regionally, but like museum is where I'm... It's you not, you are saying it a little weird. He's getting is really that, mad about this. Now, also flip it back. <laughs> you are Nick, saying it a little pronounce weird. Pronounce
2: the state that uh, the, the CU Buffaloes are from. Colorado. It's Colorado.
5: Reddo? Did it's you say reddo? Yeah. Rado. It's, again, that's, a, that's just yeah. your regional pronunciation, but I will say both of you. Museum? That's not what I've, that's yeah, what not we, what I've yeah, said. I don't it, know what the hell museum. that is. But, but Colorado... So, that's not right either. So you're what, not. No, the, what,
3: what, uh, what annoys me
5: about this, though, is
3: Derek doesn't, can't hear the difference. Tom's he thinks the it's the me. same. He thinks it's Museum. the same.
5: I don't know. And, well, and I had to take a double take. You even saw that at the beginning. It's because different. I was it doesn't like, sound that different. Yes, it's it very does. small, dude. It sounds totally small. different. Exam, it's two different E-M- words.
3: You're saying a different word.
5: <laughs> All right. Well, I didn't welcome mean to be in. I just wanted to. And I am glad to be back here on a Wednesday again. We did it last Friday. We either like to cap off the week, or again, just kind of this hump day mogul here for you. But here's how it works. We've got four headlines coming at you. The first one's going to have one redacted word or phrase. The next three following will have two redacted words or phrases. Now, the first round, of course, is only going to be worth one point. The next three will then have the potential of three points if you get the entire headline correct. I did want to note these are entirely legitimate headlines, majority found out of the state of Florida. And, of course, we get to find out which Derek and Nick think the real answer is. So, are you boys ready? Yes. And let me note as well Nick, I know you're getting kind of uh swallowed here in summer season, but a nice comeback these hey, last couple last of weeks. Week. Yes, he did. So it's 5 and 2 Derek. 1 and 0, baby. And then 29 mm, to accurate. 22. Two and one, and yeah, one. 1
3: and 0 hey. hey. in my last one. that's not two and 5. 1 and 0 in my last one. What
5: do you got to say about that? <laughs> there you know? we go. All right. So Nothing. again, with one redacted again with only one redacted word or phrase, here's what this headline looks worth for this first one. A Florida man, of course, arrested after a blank photo ID'd him. So, of course, this photo was unfortunately the demise of a crime that he committed okay. earlier and it had ID'd him, but a Florida man arrested after a Tinder profile, <laughs> a hole-in-one, or a daughter's wedding photo ID'd him. Hmm. So, which one's the worst I'm or most i confused by a hole-in-one.
3: Like, what do you mean? Like, he... He got a hole That's in a one. That's a pretty big deal. Maybe man. the took golf a, course took, took a, took a photo. Maybe exactly. they have a wall of people who hit oh, a hole I see in one. Okay. So he hit a hole in one and they took like a picture of him to like, commemorate Correct. him hitting the hole in
5: one. Yeah. Or it was on Facebook that they put it on. Who knows what it may By be. By the way, but... it's
3: been enough time. I feel
2: comfortable
5: sharing this story.
2: There was a. Uh, we, we do the the high school sports weekly show, <laughs> you know, where we go out live on yeah. location oh, and talk to all the high school kids. There was uh, one of them, I'll, I, I won't say when, but recently enough that. But also far enough away that I feel comfortable sharing this That I went and I was setting up the equipment And before anybody had arrived You know it was before the show started There was this couple who was there And they were sitting at like the table next to me Where I was setting up And they were like um, They were like talking to each other They're like hey we need to get out of here I think this is going to be on TV And and they, oh. then they asked me They were like uh, are you at the TV station And I was like no this is radio And they're like oh good So like what mm-hmm. was that about were these people criminals
3: on the run, and they
2: didn't, or need maybe to be they seen were like camera?
3: two people that were seeing other people, but they didn't
5: want to know that they were. <laughs> maybe no, I don't know you're anyway. right. I mean, the fact of the matter right. is, it's, it's what just they didn't mind. want to be seen. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. Sorry. There you go. All right. Okay. So again, hole in uh, one photo, a I'm, Tinder profile photo, or a, uh, his daughter's wedding. photo. I'm going hole in one. So Nick's going with the sports aspect here. I'm thinking Tinder.
3: Yeah, Tinder was my second option.
5: Like maybe it was a it was a cop
2: or something who was on there scrolling through and they, see. They're, they're just, the just having to look at their phone as there's like a
5: noise. wall right in That's front the of them. That's the ultimate <laughs> detective. Yeah, right? Like, Just fell right in At the laps. office. Like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> All
3: this right.
5: Matches. Well, if you guys are both locked in, Derek, you're going Tinder? Yes. Hole in one. Nick, in uh, one. everybody at home, hopefully you are locked in. Here it is. Full unredacted. And with a point, here in round number one, a Florida man arrested after a hole-in-one photo I would him. Yes, indeed. Oh. Sports has sports so has you have on
2: the story? Was it him taking his own No, picture? it was the course. It was the okay. course. Okay, so they yep. were. So okay. they, took yep. so they had like photo. a hole-in-one. Correct. Like, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah I don't know. I'm not a golfer.
5: Yep, it wasn't. Uh, n- and actually, that's not uncommon. They have a yeah. lot of times Yeah, but the odds wear,
2: that like a police officer would have among everybody on the photo and, like, seen
5: and been wait like. Wait like, a second. Yeah. Yep. But that and it, guy. And it wasn't a very good charge, and you can go look up uh for the Now, what was that was, worth it? Was that worth it for him?
1: The whole was, was worth? the hole one, the one whole in one worth going to jail? Obviously
5: not. Obviously not. That's a lot of Probably We didn't sentence. even think about that <laughs> that oh, no. a... People go <laughs> to jail every day. Yeah, but again, one like one's I said, tough. This was for a, once life. a lifetime thing. This was I I conveniently no, left out the but fact but You just of said makes did.
3: negative sense. Yeah. Just don't even ignore
5: know. One to nothing Nick after round one. How about that? And again, after scoreboard. these uh, these next three that are scoreboard coming at you, scoreboard says one one zero season long scoreboard. <laughs> scoreboard says one zero. What do you mean scoreboard? Five to two. We again, as I reminded you, we'll have two <laughs> red, uh, two redacted words or phrases coming at you here, and again a potential for three points. So a Florida man was arrested after blank, which he stole from blank. So let's get to the first here I'm and let that sort blank exactly. Florida man arrested after stealing a wax figure registering a porsche or using an id card which he stole from blank and we will have the second in a moment so again it's not just every day what was the first one stealing a wax figure registering a porsche 930 or using an id card which he stole from blank and we'll get to the second one here in just a second but again the florida man was arrested after he did one of these actions and okay I think
3: I can. We can eliminate stealing wax figure because Sam in the headline says he's arrested for stealing a wax figure he stole from blank doing blank. So I'm eliminating that. Well, what doesn't if
5: the, what if it's the mat well, or like the wax show or whatever it is? It doesn't, is. Like, it doesn't I don't make sense
3: know. to me. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Okay, I'm stealing your strategy, there. Okay. The headline okay. doesn't okay. make sense with that.
5: Using ID card or registering a Porsche 930. I'm gonna go with the using ID card. Okay. All I think right. this is the wax figure one.
3: Okay, pick it. So that's what I'm picking.
5: Any explanation or are you just going no, with your gut? No, not really. <laughs> I just think <laughs> just
2: going with your guys. I think here. this guy saw a wax figure and he's like, wouldn't that be funny if that was in my house and all
5: my friends came by and were like,
2: Oh, look at that.
5: So, yeah. so let's get to the second one. Derek locking in on the wax <laughs> I figure. Think you're wrong. Nick saying an ID card that he found, but a Florida man arrested after either registering a Porsche nine thirty, stealing a wax figure, using an ID card, which he stole from his neighbor's garage a museum or a gentleman's club and i said museum in the way for you there derek museum
4: just,
5: uh, museum but he stole it from either a museum his neighbor's garage or i'll a be honest club. i did not notice which way he said it and i still haven't so it doesn't matter see uh, yeah everybody else just, did dude. okay <laughs> that's just
3: embarrassing
5: <laughs> embarrassed. so where did he steal this from his neighbor's garage a gentleman's club or a museum I think for
3: my answer with the ID, Gentleman's Club makes the most sense. So that's what I'm going to go with.
5: Okay. So Nick's Gentleman's pretty Nick's pretty confident on this one, by the way. So ID card, Gentleman's Club for Nick. And you had stealing a wax figure on the Wait, first one. so Gentleman's one. Club Museum and what was the other one? A neighbor's garage. I mean i guess a
2: neighbor could have a wax oh design, yeah or a wax yep. something their, just yes. to, sitting
5: out there or yeah. the porsche or i mean yeah
2: this is pretty much a decision of if i want to go for the home run or if i want to go for the single where i kind of
3: <laughs> spread out or you my, just go for nothing because you're wrong
2: it could be nothing but i'm saying like it increases my chance of at least getting one point um i am gonna go
5: with the neighbor's garage neighbor's garage wow. okay so derek's gonna lock in and you're not wrong There's a lot of times when you drive by and somebody has their garage open. There's some things in there. It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So here it is. Full unredacted headline out of the state of Florida. Florida man arrested and the house coming away. Arrested after registering a Porsche 930, which he stole from a museum. So this Florida man literally tried to go and register a car that he just stole. Not only stole, Ah, but stole from a museum. So he just thought he could waltz into the DMV and be like, and hey, claim it as well.
3: I bought own. this new Porsche. You know what
2: makes this worse, Nick? Uh, we, we do the morning show on 105. Yeah, weren't we Kiss, talking about this story? And we literally, I'm pretty sure now that we're looking back, this is the story, but this it was a different story? headline, the one
5: we read than this. It is a different, yeah, there's multiple. that uh, The story so we had it was the guy even stole say a, he registered it. He just stole the car it's from that the It said he museum. stole the
2: car from the museum was it a gold and somebody ratted it was. him out. Yeah, so it was an old It was the same one. So this was the
5: same story, but we didn't get the same info that Sam had. So that actually screwed us over. And I'm glad because I know, now I know you guys are doing a little research and you're doing a little. No, we're not, crazy. Crazy. Know, yeah. know, yeah, we're not doing it. I know. Yeah, we're not doing it on purpose. I know. I know. But you're not but still hey, got it wrong. It doesn't matter. Nick yeah. is yeah, we still, still suck. up. Yeah. Nick's still up 1 0 after two rounds here. So let's get into the second one. And let's actually bring it back to the sunflower state here, gentlemen. Oh. And let's go for it. Kansas man who claims to be blank removes blank one day after that it was installed. So right. obviously, a Kansas man who is claiming to be somebody removed something. Literally 24 hours after it was installed, and it's actually pretty close to us here. Wow! But a Kansas man who claims to be either an alien, an officer, or a city employee removes blank one day after it's installed.
3: I mean, okay. with all the recent alien talk, makes aliens intrigue. Of course, yes.
2: I have a very. I mean, the the. I, I think the cop one makes a ton of sense. Cop makes a ton of sense. Uh, he, you know, he
3: maybe like uh, people somebody, claim that maybe like all the time, right? a neighbor put up something in their yard. And he was like, I hate this. So he was like, I'm going to pretend to be a cop. What if he was saying like,
2: a cop and, you know, he was saying I have a badge and he removed that or something? Uh, yeah. I actually think it's city official, though. Um, okay. Because what if he disagreed? What if, like, the city was putting up, like, some statue or some, something that he didn't agree with? And he was like, no. And he was like, no, I'm a city official. I need to remove this. And everybody's like, oh, he's a city official. Like, you know, wh-
5: whatever. I- I'm going city official. Okay. So there, yeah, and I'm gonna, you're not wrong. You're not going to look twice at that. I'm going to yeah. lean into aliens. Give me Alien. Okay, so Nick's going to go with Alien here. And again, here's your (laughs) options. Kansas man who claimed to be either a city employee, an officer, or an alien removes either a speed bump one day after it's installed, a statue one day after it's installed, or a traffic sign one day after it's installed. Mm. So, all of these could work, I suddenly
2: don't
3: enjoy my Alien pick.
2: I'm feeling better about mine, although it still could be the cop one. It could still be the cop one. Um I mean it could, it could be, be. An alien. What if he was like aliens don't believe in stop
5: signs? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the options? Speed bump, speed statue, bump, statue or traffic sign. This could really be any. And bump. it wasn't specific to a stop sign or anything, it just said traffic All sign. All of them make was... sense.
2: The statue, it's somebody he disagrees with or doesn't think like deserves a statue. Could be uh the stop sign because he thinks that this doesn't, doesn't want to deserve to be a stop. The speed bump. What if it's a speed bump in his neighborhood and, and he's, he's like, like We dude, don't need one. Here. I don't this want to stop a sucks. speed bump. Right. Yeah,
3: that's stupid. I'm leaning but, dude, less. How on... do you remove a speed bump?
5: That's an that's Great quite the question. effort. I mean, you have to like that's A ton of effort. You know, well if it's unless an asfa- it's like, if unless it's, an it's asphalt like one of those regular bump. ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what if it's one of those like, what is that? Like temporary ones. Yeah. Temporary ones yeah, like construction plastic. speed bumps. Yeah. Yeah. But if it's like a straight up
3: speed bump, you gotta have
5: you a like, jackhammer,
1: jack
3: right? right?
5: An axe, <laughs> yeah, or a jackhammer or something like. It's a full effort. I'm leaning statue or speed bump though. I don't know why.
3: I'm I'm gonna go with traffic sign.
5: Okay, I'm so going to take me, a shot in the dark. We're going speed bump. So Nick's going to go with uh, traffic sign. Derek with the speed bump. And here it is, full unredacted. And for you at home, make sure that you have your lo- uh, answers locked in. And whether it's luck or whether it may be, but one of you got it completely right. A Kansas man who claims to be a city employee removed wow. the speed bump. A day after it was installed. Wow. Derek. Woo! Are you sure you didn't see the headline? I did not. That's what I asked you guys when I got in here. I was just like, this happened no, like I a really day didn't. or two I ago. Really
2: I, I, My guess was that, it, yeah, it was one of those speed bumps that was, and yeah, listen, kind of like we the plastic have, rubber or we whatever We have some
5: investigative reporting because Gary hit up the guys that were, or our uh, engineer hit up the guys that were over there. The cops have no idea how this was performed. Oh, so it I, was an
2: actual speed bump.
5: Yes. And what? it was just, I mean, it happened very, very quickly and happened within a day. So maybe it was they a,
2: put it up with like concrete and he went and took down. I the, don't know.
5: But it was well designed. The railings
2: on it that they <laughs> morph into the what? bump.
5: <laughs> what? It, it was a well designed. But molding, Derek, now with a three to one lead, heading into That's the huge. final round here. And here wow. it is. This one again uh, actually hit the airwaves just today. But a Florida man survived blank. In blank. Blank So, in blank. Blank and blank. That's right. Lot to open up for speculation. A Florida man survives either a rollover accident, losing leg to alligator, or two days stranded at sea. In blank. Okay, well, obviously, you have the classic alligator.
2: I know. Always a great one. There's always alligator involved. I'm going to go with stranded at sea.
3: That's what I was thinking too, but if like you pick in it, I need something pick, weird. If you picked it, I need to pick something. Well, you different. don't have to. You could just
2: pick something different on the second one, and then if you get a perfect and I only get yeah. the first one right, we tie. tie. Yeah.
5: So depending on what you want to go for here.
3: Hmm. What are the options? Rollover accident.
5: Uh, rollover accident. Losing a leg to an alligator or two days stranded at sea in blank. And we'll get to the second in just a moment.
3: I just don't think losing an egg to an alligator is right, though. That feels like something Sam will come up with. That's my thought. We've
5: said that before about alligator, and it's been alligator, so.
3: (laughs) I'm just going to go with alligator.
5: All right, so Nick's going to go with alligator here. Here's the second one. Florida man survives either, again, being stranded for two days at sea, a rollover accident, or losing a leg to an alligator in the Oscar Mayer wiener truck, a refrigeration unit, or a partially submerged boat. Partially
2: submerged boat is like... I feel like it's the most bland answer, but it might be right.
3: Could be, yeah. Here's what I am not How in the world does an alligator get into a fridge?
5: <laughs> I don't know. Don't ask these Florida people, man. I'm telling you. Don't ask these people. I, I, I don't want a fridge. partially. Refrigeration room. unit is what it yeah. was said. I'll but be honest, honest. What was what it the it first said. option? Uh, the Oscar Mayer wiener oh. truck. Oh.
3: See, again, and how then, does an alligator get
2: in that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going refrigerator unit because I think that's the one that makes, like, it has the most flexibility with the first ones because it can apply for the alligator. Maybe it's snug in there. It can also apply for a truck rolling like, what over. what if it was in a or, boat and the boat crashed or something and this thing got out and maybe it's floatable and he opened it this up. Thing, the and,
3: Oscar Mayer wiener truck is not floatable. What yeah, I'm not picking that? that one. I'm not picking that one. Yeah, we're going, <laughs> you would not survive. we're going with the refrigerator unit. So
5: Derek's going to go with the refrigeration. So of the I'm three, gonna, a boat, the I'm Oscar actually, Mayer truck.
3: I'm going to actually go with partially submerged boat here. He's sinking in his boat. His boat's going down. He's like, I'm going to go down with the ship. Alligator attacks him. There you go. Okay.
5: All right. So let me just be clear. You said two days stranded, you said losing leg to alligator. Yes. and then well, you, no, he said, said, yeah. you said refrigeration unit. <laughs> no, D, I said refrigeration unit. Yeah, you. And then you said submerged boat. Yeah, yeah. Both of you nobody, come away. Nobody can see on the radio, but Sam exactly was pointing to us. Yeah. Correct. And both of you come away with a point, but Derek, with the win in another week, Florida Man survives two days stranded in a partially submerged boat. So again, it was kind of a simple one. It was a red herring. I tried to put a bunch of answers out there that threw you off and put you in the left field. But I'll tell you what, uh, Nick, you did get the second point there. So there is a four to two victory for Derek here wow. in week number eight. Good for me. Wow. How Six about the two overall eight? Uh, I got Good one week. for the house. Yeah, I was going to say, what, what do we got for the house? Let's be quick. I almost <laughs> died in a blank. Now I'm blank. Oh what? my God. I,
2: I almost died in a shark attack. I almost died in a ice cream disaster. I almost died in a concert mosh pit. It's got to be. I
5: mean, give me,
3: give me concert mosh pit,
2: okay? Concert mosh
3: pit. I think I would die in a concert mosh pit. Yeah, there's
2: a lot of people. I mean,
5: there's a lot of that's a. I've been in one. There's a lot of there's a mm-hmm. lot of scenarios that. That's the easy answer, but the ice cream one's screaming at me mm-hmm. for some reason. The other one does ice cream. Yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I will the, if I'm cream in the if I'm for in the mosh Ice pit. cream. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take ice cream just because it's weird. Okay. So an ice uh, cream. Incident. I almost
2: died in a blank. Now I'm a or now I'm I'm sorry. Now I'm blank. Now I'm pregnant with my first child. Now I'm lactose
5: intolerant. Now I'm suing the lottery. Uh, Pregnant with my first child. (laughs) That's what I'm going with. God, the easy answer for me is the lactose here because obviously, I don't know. I'm going to have to go... (laughs) I got my, you know, I had an ordeal with an ice cream thing. Like she was out on her first date. They went out and held ice cream. And now, boom, I got my first kid because that's okay. how the evening went. You know what I mean? That's what I'm thinking. Right. So the correct
2: answer I almost died in a shark attack. Now I'm pregnant with my first child. Oh, I don't know man. why this headline was written. Yeah, what's I the cor- what don't happened? know what the correlation is, what is at all. What is the correlation? There we go. What happened? Doesn't
5: matter. It's Did you read Okay, all right. That's what the headline was. All right, I think boys. It's self explanatory. <laughs> it it is self explanatory. Yeah. No, right. it's it not. There's a lot of questions that need to be answered in that. He's an finger with
2: Sam Speck joining us in studio. I'm Derek Johnson. That's Florida Man Mad Libs. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on Well, that's it. If you're listening on our podcast side, thanks for tuning in. Please give us a positive review if your platform allows you to do so, as you can find the show anywhere. You get your podcasts with the best of RCST Podcast. If you do have any questions for the show, whether it's for a mailbag, just something you think that would be fun to talk about, you can reach out to us on our Twitter page at RCST1320. You can also email us if you don't have